0: about teaching uh, Stephen how to, on um, singing, and your mother said that I could teach you how to sing. And uh, so we've thought about doing voice lessons together and uh, get you to up, back up to par as far as where you need to be. I would do it, but then I would have to do all of the children on voice lessons, and Stephanie, I just can't help her. So um, it's, just, it's just the way it is. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. Um, Teenagers, thanks for sitting on the front row again tonight. It's, it's thinning out a little bit. Um, I don't know what it is just because you get called up to the platform and you have to tell them what your name is. And, you know, I, I don't know what the problem is. Would you all have to do that again tonight? Or, All right. No? Okay. I just thought I'd check. The Christian school I mentioned during Sunday school hour. Uh, so let me just mention it again uh, tonight during the evening service with everybody in here. Uh, we had to pull Adrian Roscoe back into teaching because... Um, uh, dish, more students as far as in the school. And again, we don't have a large school, but again, we just wanna make sure they have a good education, so we've kinda uh, brought more teachers in. So kindergarten, Mrs. Stumpf will be teaching this year, first and second grade, Adri- Adrian Roscoe will be teaching, third and fourth grade. Ms. Cynthia Daniels will be teaching, fifth and sixth grade. Uh, Mr. Jamie Price will be teaching, seventh and eighth grade. Miss Darcy Owen will be teaching, ninth and tenth grade is Brother Mize, and eleventh and twelfth is uh, Brother Daniels. So again, that's the ones that will be teaching. So, you know, for the kind of school we have, of course it's traditional, but for the size school that we have, uh, I really believe the Lord's given us some quality teachers and quality Christians uh, to again to teach the students which I'm very very thankful for so and I appreciate the staff very much I know it's a lot of work uh, and, and listen as a parent uh, you ought to try to help relieve their load and, uh, and don't believe everything your kid says when he comes home alrighty uh, I know the kids at Heritage never lie um, because the kids at Heritage are special and because they're special they would never misrepresent the truth or try to put their teacher in a bad light because they love God and they love their parents. And so, but if by chance something like that happened, would you please slap your child? And um, we would appreciate that very much. James chapter four tonight, James chapter number four. James chapter number four. Michael doesn't like it when I say this, but I do not think this is gonna be a long thought tonight. And uh, we're just covering one chapter. And so James chapter four, verses one through 17. And uh, the thought really is not that long, but it's an interesting thought uh, from the book of James here. Heavenly Father, thank you again for letting us be here tonight. Thank you for the church family. Father, I know you made it like this that we could enjoy the fellowship of one another. And Lord, just again, the feel, uh, I know our Christianity is not a feeling, but the feeling of being around Christian brothers and sisters in Christ, thank you for that. Lord, I ask you to please bless your people tonight. Lord, again, give us insight to the scriptures. I know there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, Father, would you please help this thought, uh, Father, May maybe we've probably seen several times, may it can come to light in our own life and have an understanding of it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, James chapter 4, look at your Bible now. <clears throat> Let's pick it up in verse number 1. The Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you, come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? So Paul, I'm sorry, excuse me, James is writing here and he's writing to these Jewish Christians and he's telling us these wars, these conflicts, and I think it was not just with those that were believers within, I think it was what believers were having problems with those that were without. He says these wars, these conflicts come because of your own lust. In other words, your own fleshly desire is what's causing these types of conflicts in your life. Now look what he says next in verse number two. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight, and war. All right. Now, again, uh, he's writing to them. He said, listen, you, the problems you're having with one another and the problems you're having with other people are, are conflicts because of your own sinfulness, your own lustfulness. All right. Now, the next phrase is what we often use, uh, and right, rightly so, in this area of prayer. Now, I want to just point out these two phrases tonight. And that's really the thought tonight. But look at verse number two again. The last phrase. Let's say it together. The last phrase, verse number two, together. Ready? yet ye have not because ye ask not. Now we've heard that I don't know how many times as far as our prayer life, ye have not because because ye ask not. But look at the next sentence of the next verse, verse number three. He says ye ask and receive not because why? All right, now there are only two. The word because is mentioned in both of them, but there are only two reasons that are mentioned here in the book of James on why a person does not get their prayers answered. Now, follow me for just a moment here. I know that we could get more prayers answered if we did some of the other biblical truths when it comes to our praying. For instance, uh, how many parables did Jesus give about praying with persistence? All right, the unjust judge, the importunate friend. He says, listen, if we'd be a little more persistent in our praying, then God would answer our prayers. Uh, How many times have you heard uh, me quote the verse, Matthew 21, I think it's verse 23. He says, in all things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. So there's a a matter of a, a faith factor of believing so that God could answer our prayers. How many would like for God to answer your prayers? Say Amen. By the way, prayer's real, God's real. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. God wants to give us mercy. God wants to give us grace. But again, there's a lot that falls upon us. Now these two thoughts out of the book of James, now because we're not gonna be long tonight, at least we're not going to try, we're not gonna try to be long tonight. Because of that, Let's think about these two thoughts. How many know that every good sermon has three points? Would you raise your hand? Every good sermon has three points. So if there's, this is not going to be a good sermon, sorry. It's only two points tonight, all right? Because the word because is only mentioned twice in this passage here, all right? How many feel like you're already getting gypped in the sermon tonight? Would you raise your hand? How many like for us to preach a lot longer tonight? Would you raise your hand? Oh, come on. All right. Did you, the, did you notice that the senior role? they're all raising their hand? Like so y'all. All All right. Ms. Edwards, you didn't raise your hand? You don't like preaching? What's your problem? All right? All right? All right. Get right with God. Okay, now. now, tonight, I want you to notice these two thoughts that are mentioned on why we don't get our prayers answered. Let's look at them again, and then let's, let's talk for just a moment. All right, verse number three or two again, last phrase. He says, ye have not because ye ask not. Now, I would say that's a pretty simple precept. The reason we don't get our prayers answered because we're not, we're not asking. We're not praying. All right? Hey, Listen. You ought to have a regular prayer time, all right? Now, listen, I don't want to belabor the point tonight because I'm, I'm going to read to the rest of this chapter, Lord permitting, but I'm just trying to tell you that you ought to have a time of prayer that you do on a regular play, play, basis that's scheduled. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight, but I would get, I think, again, God sees your heart, I would think that our church... Not everybody reads their Bible, but I would think there's a majority of people in here that you have a regular Bible reading time that you're trying to read so many chapters, one, two, or three, or four, whatever it might be, because you want to have a walk with God. But I find there are a lot of Christians that do not have a regular prayer time. It's a hit or miss type of thing. If you get up in time, if you've got time while you're driving to, and tr- driving to work, if you're not interrupted because of, you're trying to do two things at once. Can I just tell you, God's more important than doing two things at once. And you ought to have a prayer time. Now, from, again, everyone's got their own time. I'm just talking for me personally. My time is first thing when I get up in the morning. All of us are not made this way, all right? I don't criticize somebody else who wants to pray, uh, have their devotion or prayer time later. But for me, it's first thing in the morning. I get out of bed. My alarm clock goes off. This morning, I woke up an hour before my alarm clock went off, and I do what I do every morning. If I wake up, I ask the Lord, am I supposed to get up? And I ask it just like that. Am I supposed to get up? And then the Lord lays on my heart whether I'm I'm supposed to or not. But when I wake up, my first thought is, Am I supposed to get up? And if that's the alarm clock. And if the alarm clock goes off, I already know I'm supposed to get up when the alarm clock goes off because before I went to bed last night, I asked the Lord if that was the time He wanted the alarm clock to go off. So I don't have to even question that. Alarm clock goes off, you get out of bed. Now I know this is very elementary. There's this thing called an alarm clock that goes beep, 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 beep. That's to get you out of bed in the morning. All righty? And I know what you're thinking. You're, I need my sleep. And you do need your sleep. And we're not going to have a lesson on that tonight. But I'm just trying to say, some people, you, you just got to gotta discipline yourself. Get up in the morning. All right? Okay, I, I can see we've hit revival already. All right? Now, so first thing in the morning... My alarm clock's going to go off. I've got my clothes already set up because I don't want to wake my wife. My wife is a late night owl. I'm an early uh, per- bird. So uh, in the morning, all my clothes are in set. Uh, if someone calls me in the middle of the night, I can jump in clothes and run. And it's the same thing in the morning. So I get my socks, my shoes. I mean, I am dressed as soon as I get up. And then I immediately go into the living room in, in, in the uh, Kitchen area. Everybody else is still sleeping. And my prayer time. I don't sit down when I pray. I don't kneel when I pray. Now, if you do that, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just telling you. If I sit down and kneel, what do you think I'm going to be doing? No, I'm going to be praying. What do you think I'm going to be doing? (laughs) You guys are carnal. All of you are carnal. I'd be sleeping, all right? So I'm going to walk and pray. And by the way, I think there's a biblical principle there because when Jesus came to the garden and he found the disciples sleeping, he said to the disciples, rise and pray lest uh, that ye enter not into temptation. What temptation? The temptation that they just were doing, snoring, all right? So he says, get up and walk and pray. And so if you can't sit down and pray, walk and pray, all right? So, but you need to have a regular Prayer time. Not teaching on it this morning or this evening, but I believe very strong in the model prayer. That's the first thing I do every day of my life. And then I'm going to pray the Jabez prayer, etc. Now, follow me for just a moment here. One of the reasons people don't get their prayers answered is because they don't have a time of prayer. Listen to me. It's more than just saying, Father in heaven, please bless this food of my body. Amen. It's more than saying, God, would you please bless the day today? It's about you having a regular time with God. You have not because that's point one. If you don't have a time of prayer, you need to have a time of prayer. Again, we're not teaching in detail on that tonight, but again, that's why we don't get our prayers answered because we're not praying, all right? You need to ask, okay? Look at the next one, number two, only two points. Verse three, ye ask and receive not because ye ask, what's the word? Yes. Now, the word amiss there means bad, actually means badly, but bad or evil. He says, the second reason you're not getting your prayers answered because you're not asking in the right manner. You're asking badly, you're asking with evilness. Now, in the context of this chapter, it's interesting to me what James is going to talk about throughout the rest of the chapter, and I really believe it all goes back to that f- second phrase, because ye ask amiss. And then he's going to talk about what the amiss is. All right, what's the badly? What's the evil? You want your prayers answered? Say amen. amen. Then number one, you've got to? Pr- okay, you've got to ask. You've got to pray. And number two, you've got to ask, but you can't. You should not ask amiss. You should not ask badly or evil. So what's the badly and evil? Quickly, let's run through them tonight, all right? There are five of them. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'm not lying. Here's what he says, okay? Verse number, let's pick it up in verse number uh, four. He says, right after he says that ye may consume, uh, uh, verse number three, ye shall ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. Verse number four, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is what? Enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain the spirit that lusteth in us lusteth to envy? Now, church, I mean, when he says in verse number four, ye adulterers and adulteresses, he's not really talking about immorality like we would say adultery, where somebody is physically committing adultery. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about, in the very next phrase, hey, listen, you can't love the world. If you love the world, you're at enmity. I'm sorry, you can't be a friend of the world or you're at enmity with God. He's talking about the God relationship and the world relationship is that when the world is your friend and God's not your friend, it's like committing spiritual adultery. All right, taken that so far? So why did he say that? I wanna tell you why he said that. He says, you're not gonna receive because you're asking amiss. What's the amiss? The amiss is, is you got friendship with the world. I want to tell you, you're not going to get God to answer your prayers when the most important thing of your life in your life are worldly things. And God says, hey, listen, if you really want your prayers answered, then I should be the most important thing in your life. Amen. All right, look what he says next. First, first thing he says, as far as amiss, is being a friend of the world. Verse number six. But he, but he giveth more grace, wherefore? He saith, verse number six, God resisteth who? The proud, the proud but giveth grace unto who? The humble. Look at verse number 10. What's the first word? Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Now I'm not, I didn't read all the verses but I, I think you're getting the gist of this. He says in verse number two and three, there's two reasons you're not gonna get your prayers answered. Number one, because you don't ask or number two, because you ask and you're asking with an evil heart or you're asking amiss. What's the amiss? You're a friend of the world. What's the amiss? You're asking with pride. He's going through these things that are bad in a Christian's life that causes us not to get our prayers answered. Look at the next thing, look at verse number eight. He said, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter return to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself. Now, there's several things we could talk about, verse 8, 9, and 10, but just the first phrase. The reason people are not getting their prayers answered is because they're not drawing nigh to God. Listen, you cannot go to God as if he's a 911. I'm having trouble in my life, God, I need your help right now. You know, Mrs. Edwards, when Brother Edwards was going through all of that, Mrs. Edwards, as far as her husband, and of course the Lord took him home. Was, Mrs. Edwards, that, was that a year and a half that you went through all that, What year, year and a half? But a year and a half. Mrs. Edwards stayed in her Bible. Mrs. Edwards stayed connected to church. Mrs. Edwards made sure she gave her tithe and offering. The whole time that she was taking care of her husband at home during that cancer, she was staying faithful to God. And when her husband went home to be with the Lord, she didn't miss a beat. Right back to church. You, you know what a lot of times a person does? They're, they're not right with God. They're a friend of the world. There's all these different sinful things that are going on in their life. And all of a sudden, God, you've got to come through for me. He does not have to come through for you. You, you should be drawn nigh to God every day of your life so that when you are asking, you're not asking amiss. There's nothing evil in your heart. That's why he said, don't be double-minded. It's either God or it's the world, all right? Look what else he says. Look at verse number, um, number 11. What's he talking about asking him this? First phrase. Let's read the first phrase together. Ready? Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. But church, I, mean, I think this chapter, I know the chapter divisions aren't uh, inspired, but I do believe that in this chapter when he's talking about ye ask and receive not, that he's going through several reasons why a person does not get their prayers answered. You're a friend of the world. You get pride in your life. You're speaking evil of your brother. You're not drawn nigh to God. C- can I tell you, all of these things can hinder answered prayer. Hey, have you ever prayed and just felt like you just thought that God wasn't answering? And by the way, I know there's a lot of reasons why God doesn't do that. This chapter is listing just two. Number one, you're not asking. Number two, you got, you got a miss. There's sin in your life. You're asking evilly. In other words, your heart's not right. And you're asking God to do something spiritual in your life. That's what he's saying here. Look at not only that, not only speaking evil of your brother, look at the last one, look at verse number 13 with me. Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow for what, ye, what is your life? If seen a vapor that appeareth for a little time then vanisheth away. Verse 15. For that ye ought to say, what should, you, what should you say? If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Can I, can I tell you when it talks about asking amiss it's, it's the idea of, it's not God's will. In other words, you're asking for God to do something that's not God's will and you're wondering why God's not answering your prayer request. Amen. Listen, I don't know what you really, really desire. I don't want you to pray for on a regular basis. Um, you know, the, the model prayer, you have to be really careful that the model prayer as you pray it, that it does not become monotonous, routine. When you pray, it's supposed to come from our heart. God, God doesn't want vain what? He didn't say repetition was wrong. He said vain repetition was wrong. I mean, do you stop telling your wife you love her just because, well, I've told you that before and I don't want to say it again. Is that what you do? The answer should be no, all right? You still say I love you. You, you still communicate, even things uh, that you say, well, you know, I don't need to say that. She already knows that. But, but there's certain types of communication that we do because that's what you do. That's what you should do. When it comes to God, repetition's not wrong, just vain repetition, can I tell you, when you're praying for things, uh, there's certain things that you should, you should always preface with, God, if it's your will, your will, please. Some things aren't God's will. You know, for my wife and I, the big thing was children. But it wasn't God's will. And, you know, looking back at life, it's nice to be able to see that. But we, didn't, we couldn't see that then. But we never we never just said, "God, give us children." We said, "God, if it's your will, give us children." Now yours isn't children, but yours is something, something you desire, something that you want. It could be financial, physical. It could be anything. Maybe something a spiritual victory in your life. But can I just tell you that in order to not ask amiss or ask evilly, it should be, "God, if it's your will, would you do this?" So when God says to pray, and sometimes we don't get our prayers answered, it's usually one of two reasons. Number one, we're not asking. Or number two, we're asking with, with a miss. We're, we're, there's evil, there's bad. There's something in our life that's not right with God. And that's why God's not answering our prayer request. Right. Hey, wouldn't you like to be like the, the, prayers, the, saints, the ones that prayed of old? I mean, Moses prays, you know. Joshua prays, the sun stands stills. Elijah prays, fire comes down from heaven. I mean, to see some miraculous things take place, I mean, that's a wonderful thing. And I think sometimes we miss the mark because, you know, Jesus said himself, you know, pray for this mountain to be cast in the sea, to be cast in the sea, and we like, man, alive. There's no way that can happen, but Jesus said, hey, listen, it's just a matter of either you have no faith, little faith, or much faith. Just simply pray, but pray with a right heart. I'll close with this in Psalm 66, verse number 18. What does he say? He says, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, doesn't that wrap it all up? Amen. If you ask amiss." You have ought against your brother. God says, I'm not going to answer your prayer. You've got pride in your life. I'm not going to answer your prayer. You want your will over my will. I'm not going to answer your prayer. The world means that much to you. I'm not going to answer your prayer. So tonight, only two reasons you don't get your prayers answered from the book of James chapter 4. Number one is because you're not asking. Or number two, you're asking with a wrong heart. So what should I do as a Christian? I should, number one, make sure I always have a regular time of prayer. And number two, I should always make sure that my heart is right with God. We said a moment ago, draw an eye to God and he'll draw nigh eye to you. But the rest of the verse says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. God wants to answer your prayer, but he's not going to answer to a dirty vessel. it has got to be clean. I want God's blessing on this church, but God's not going to answer that if I don't pray and if I don't pray with the right heart. I want my kids to turn out right for God. But that's not going to happen if I don't pray and if I don't pray with the right heart. There's things I want God to do in my life. Some are long-term, some are short-term. But they're not going to happen unless I pray, unless I pray with the right heart. So what do you want tonight? Well, I'd like to get married. I'd like to have a different house. I'd like to have a new job. I'd like to see someone get saved this week. Can I tell you how all those things happen? You've got to pray. And you've got to pray with the right heart. Amen. Would you bow ahead and close your eyes tonight?